When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back with Hoops to Jason after a couple of weeks off. David Aldrich here in D.C., Marcus in the Bay. Look who's here! <laughs> Look who's here, Marcus. Look at this. We, we actually have we actually raised our level a little bit going into the season. I'm feeling fancy. Like, I'm you know walking to Tiffany's like... or something. Like, yeah, let's go. I'm eating lunch at Tiffany's. <laughs> wow. Jeannie Buss is here. Thank you for joining us. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me and inviting me on the show. Okay. Do you prefer owner or governor? I don't really care. I think governor. I'm co-owner. Yeah. And, and so I think governor, because there's only one governor per team. So governor, okay. describe it better. You go to the meetings. You you make the important yes. decisions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm held accountable for all right. decisions. That's no right. question. So that that's that's the the hot seat that the governor sits in. Oh, look, is it uh, I, I don't want to put you on the spot and I won't put you on the spot. I just feel like the the, the board of governors meetings have to be different since since David left. Cause I just always heard these stories about David screaming at people for two hours. <laughs> David had a way of keeping order. <laughs> Let's just say it like that. You did not cross the line. And if you did, you paid dearly for it. And what's your, what's your, uh, what's your mode in, in the room? Like what's your role? How do you handle it? You know, it, it's just, I mean, I've been doing it so long. Um, yeah. I became an alternate governor in 95. So what it's like, you know, over 20 years, 25 years that I've been in the room and it's just changed so much. Um, you know, when my dad bought the team, he made his money in real estate. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, Larry Miller, who owned the Utah Jazz, was a, you know, successful car dealership owner. And, you know, um, you know, it, it just it's like now it's all, you know, investment funds and private equity. And, you know, they just have a different way of approaching the league than, you know, uh, say in my dad's time. And my dad's time was, you know, there was, you know, concern like the league wasn't going to survive, you know, that, that it, you know, teams would be close to bankruptcy because they'd be losing so much money operating the team. You know, you just, you didn't know if somebody was going to just disappear in the night and, and the franchise would be gone. And now these teams are worth so much and, um, you know, it's just a different way of approaching how we operate the business. I, I don't, I'm, I wouldn't say any way is better or worse, but it's certainly different, right? I mean, when I first started covering the league, I was covering, they were the Washington Bullets then, and Abe Poland owned the team. And Abe was a local businessman who made some money. You know what I mean? Like right. he wasn't, 
he wasn't a hedge fund guy. He wasn't a fortune 500 guy. He was just a reasonably rich guy who bought into the team. And there were Bill Davidson. There were so many people around the league that were like that. Right. And I just, it just feels so different. Now there's a civic connection between the Lakers and Los Angeles. That's been there forever since they've moved out there. And it's just always a part of the fabric of that city. And I just wonder what you think about how that's, how that may have changed in the last 20 years when you have bond that cities have now, maybe when owners who really aren't from those cities are owning, own a lot of these teams. And at this, it's not a, I'm not making a judgment about it. It's just reality. They, they're it's, not from there, you know? Right. It's just different. I mean, we have, you know, owners that are, you know, don't even live in this country, you know, that they, you know, right. they're, they're, uh, you know, long distance owners. Um, and, you know, the, and these, the, the franchises are so, it's so rare to be able to buy one that you may end up buying a team in a market that you're not associated with. And, um, you know, it, it, I mean, it's a testament to what the value that has been built over the last few decades and what teams mean to, to you know, their fans and keeping teams in their cities. And, um, you know, it, it, there is a civic connection between especially, you know, teams that have been in their, their market for decade after decade that um, generation after generation passes on the love of that team. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how, um, you know, many letters I get from a grandparent who says, you know, watching Laker games with their, their grandchild is the only way, only thing that they can connect on. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that that's, that's like a rich uh, history and, um, you know, that's what, that's why a, a popular team like the Lakers, it, you know, the popularity grows with each generation as it's passed on. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are slowly breaking my heart as an Oakland native who've watched one team leave another team on the way out. It's like, you, you, you should pull out a violin. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I can only imagine the crazy offers you've gotten like let me buy like can you imagine da like the amount like the saudi people who are like i'll give you yeah. i'll give you 30 billion yeah whatever, I, 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 <laughs> whatever. I, I, I've, I've always been curious about how do you weigh like value because clearly you aren't saying yo give me the highest price available but there is the value you're talking about with community, like nobody seems to take that as serious as you and your family. Like, like, how do you, how are you determining the value of the Lakers? And I don't even know how you could ever put a price on what you're talking about. Well, you know, my dad, um, you know, I remember the first time he was offered a billion dollars for the Lakers. And that was maybe 2003 or 2004, right after the, the repeat that we had. And, you know, he just was so shocked by that. He couldn't even imagine the team being worth that much. And, you know, but he said, you know, Jeannie, the the problem with that is, you know, that's so much money. I would get the money and then people would say, well, what are you going to do with all that money? The first thing I'd want to do is buy the Lakers. <laughs> so why would I ever sell the team? <laughs> that's right? a bar. Right? That's a bar, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so right. I won the lottery. What are you talking about? 
Right. I'm gonna buy it back for 1.5. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I have Jeannie, I have to ask you about this because you were. I can't believe what a good sport you are about winning time. I just am stunned by what a good sport you are about this. Like you're actually saying I'm enjoying this. Like I want, I mean. Well, I enjoyed there's parts of it. Obviously there were things that were glaringly wrong. Like yeah. for example, my grandmother had passed away before my dad ever bought the team, but they, right. They kind of kept her around and, you know, it, so, it, I mean, so those were just egregious, like inaccuracies, yeah. you know, some of the portrayals of people, you know, were not accurate, but the things that they got right were, um, you know, kind of blew my mind. Um, John C. Riley had, you know, my dad's mannerisms. Yeah. He had his wardrobe. He had his comb over. <laughs> it has to be kind of weird, right? Like a little bit. Bizarre, but it, in some ways it was, um, it brought back so many great memories. And I, I, you know, I cherish that. And, uh, you know, but, but finding out that the show is being canceled or not being brought back, um, you know, it's like, it's like losing those memories all over again. And, you know, so it's bittersweet. Um, you know, I think that, you know, what I appreciate is what they, you know, they really highlighted the relationship between Jerry Buss and Magic Johnson. And we had never seen anything like that in sports prior mm -hmm. to that, where you had, you know, somebody, you know, of my dad's, you know, stature and experience and, you know, bonding with a 20 year old, you know, uh, athlete, there was just something about them that clicked. And, you know, my dad appreciated how the joy that magic played the game with. And my dad, you know, was a brilliant businessman, a really great marketer. And he knew that if, watching magic played inspired him it would inspire people to fill the forum because at that time you know the the lakers had kareem abdul jabbar but they were drawing you know seven or eight thousand people right um you know he just he just knew that magic kind of transcended the sport and um you know and he was right and you know, the two of them had a really special relationship, kind of finding each other as soulmates for the game of basketball and how yeah. they wanted it played. And, and uh, you know, and I think that that for a new generation of Laker fans that don't know anything about Dr. Buss, it was a really good introduction to mm -hmm. how much he hustled to buy the team and, and what he wanted to build and that he built it, you know, being inspired by Magic Johnson. I, DA, I took a opposite approach. I figured Jeannie would be the one, one of the people who's like, man, I get it. Right. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I get it. I, I wonder. I understand. I yeah, get it. Like, too. you know, I could roll. I could roll. I could get down. I, I'm curious of what you think of, of your character and if you could pull her aside a bit and you know off the set would you be like hey let's work let's work some of this in here or how, how would you coach her up 
Well, I mean, they give me a little bit too much credit. I really wasn't working for the Lakers per se, um, but you know, um, I didn't invent the Laker girls. I didn't discover Paul Abdul, you know, like, you know, the, like there was a lot you of, you gotta things. let that ride, Jeannie. Come on. Just let that <laughs> no, ride. Just let it go. Just let it, yeah, you know, don't, don't, re don't refute it. Just let it exist. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, you know, I mean, I think that, it, it, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, I can I, it's just surreal to see, you know, somebody play you on television with your name. And they even had, they'd done research as to the nicknames that my dad called me. And so my dad's character would call my character by my nickname. And like to hear someone say Genie Pie. Like I haven't heard my anyone say that since my dad was alive. You know, that's what he called right. genie pie, and you know, to hear it on television and see, I mean, it just it's it's just just strange. I, I I having been a part of the the Jordan thing, I I I try to explain this to people because I think you're really saying it. It's not that it's verbatim everything that that Michael Jordan says happened happened. No, it not, but it was. It was great to show people it was kind of like that. Right? It was sort of like that back then, you know, and I, that's what I think is great about winning time is that it really was sort of like that. Like the Lakers were so big in the 80s. Like people I don't think people understand even with everything that's happened. No, they since. don't. There's no way they understand. <laughs> like, like they don't, they don't understand my, how no. big the Lakers were. Like Jeannie, I was my a kid aunt, in Washington going, wow, would I love to go listen, to the forum club? <laughs> like, Jeannie, my aunt used to run around the house screaming, we're in East Oakland. She would run out top of her lungs. Her name was Gail. Laker used to drive us nuts. She'd just be screaming. Man, like it was unbelievable. I, I didn't even understand. I'm like seven. I'm like, why is this woman yelling like this? But she was like a diehard Laker fan in Oakland in like 84. Like, I don't think people understand how big the Lakers were. Well, is it because was it because of magic or was it because of Byron? No, it was magic. She loved Matt. It was magic, magic, was magic. magic, all magic. Yeah. <laughs> all due respect to Byron, who's a great player. But no, it was magic. Come on. We all everybody loved magic. Like, how could you not love magic? Like he was and, he central casting. He's out of central casting. You yeah, know. and I th I thought the casting of of his character, I mean you know, the kid had magic smile, his yeah, like yeah. twinkle in his eye. Like that's all, that's hard to cast. I mean, I, I can't imagine if, if, if the show had continued, how do you cast Shaquille O'Neal? Like it's right. Like, right. Like, right. You know, and, and to find a Kareem, you know, you know, Solomon uh, Hughes who plays Kareem is not Solomon Hughes, Solomon, I've Anyway, I'm blanking yeah. on his name, the actor's name. Right. He no, Solomon Hughes. You got it right. Solomon okay. Hughes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you had me thinking Solomon Hill. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I like, I like crossed like wires there for a second. I'm like, no, that's the guy that when LeBron got hurt, it was. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, no, that, that's him. So, you know, I mean, to have those two parts filled and the Larry Bird character, I thought that was great. And yeah. it made me it made me appreciate Larry Bird 
so much, you know, like, I, I mean, we hated him so much in LA, like it, it, <laughs> it's just hard to even think about. And, and, um, you know, just, you know, to, to hear, see his backstory and yeah. now how he, he, you know, what happened with him in the game, um, you know, it, it, what a special athlete he was and uh trash talker. Um, so, it, it, I mean, it was fun. And I think even the watching Pat Riley, the evolution of the Pat Riley persona that, you know, I mean, people forget he was like Chick Hearn's like radio partner, like mm. that he ever did that. And right. he just happened to kind of be at the right place at the right time. And, you know, got into coaching, like, what if that had not happened? Would he have avoided coaching altogether? I mean, it, yeah, right. it just, he was, he was meant to coach the Lakers. It's great. So, so John C. Riley actually thought you were going to throw him out of the the look on his face when I, you know, saw I introduced myself to him at, at a at halftime of a Laker game at the then you know Staples Center, and um, he the look on his face when he saw me, he like he he was kind of like oh God, preparing himself, and I just wanted to you know tell him that my dad was a big fan of his. And that I just thought he should know that since he was playing him in the show. And, you know, I think he appreciated that. And I think he did a really terrific job. And I know my dad would be, you know, he would have been flattered by. It is amazing how good he is in, yeah. in that. I mean, just everything. I, I wasn't there all the time, but I knew enough about it to know, wow, he's really He's really got, he's really worked on this. Like, you can tell, like, he is not mailing this in, you know, and the whole show, I'll, the, not the last episode, but the second to last episode, when they, they, you know, the, it revolves around them trading Norm Nixon, right? And so when they showed Norm Nixon de dancing with Debbie Allen, and I went, oh my God, that woman looks just like Debbie Allen. How did they do that? How did they find her? And I it's thought, man, Debbie Allen was that was high? Like Allen. <laughs> oh, she was. She was. Oh my God. I remember my daddy and him talking about Debbie Allen. I remember my day. I was like, oh, that's Debbie Allen. Okay. That's Debbie yeah. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a big, that was like, you know, before, you know, David Beckham and Victoria, yeah. uh, you know, the Spice Girl, like, like Debbie right? Allen and, and, Norm Nixon, they were like the a power couple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think the show is great. I hope Netflix picks it up and, and does something with it, you know, because you can't you can't have winning time end with the Celtics winning. That doesn't work. Like, <laughs> how does that, I mean, that work? is that is blasphemous. That is <laughs> right? blasphemous. That is blasphemous. <laughs> I'm, I, well, I mean, you did you did legacy right on Hulu and it, it had me thinking, I wonder if you have these moments. I mean, really, we just saw two two year seasons worth, right? I mean, the story of what has happened just in your lifetime is kind of insane. Like, if you like, if you were to do another show, you could do a show just on Kobe. You got Shaq. I mean, isn't it kind of wild? You got LeBron. Like, how about so Phil Jackson? Oh yeah, Phil. You, oh, him. Now, Phil's right. the one. I was just about to ask you. So, which one would you do next? If you're a green light or TV show, which one is? That's the one. It's Phil Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you know him coming to the Lakers, 
at that time and, and, you know, how Shaq, it really brought out, you know, the best in Shaq, you know, like Phil really brought the authority and, and it was, their relationship was really cute. Um, and then, you know, just it, and watching Kobe become who he was meant to be during those right. early years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that would be interesting. But like you said, there's, you know, I mean, there's, you know, the LeBron era, you know, like, like right. winning a championship during COVID. I mean, right. who could, you can't make this stuff up. It's just there there's you know story after story and um you know it just doesn't end and don't forget the the kobe and smush parker era there's that there's (laughs) (laughs) i love smush Smush he he was great i mean you know that that's a that was a tough place to put him you know for yeah. the experience oh, yeah. that he had yeah you know, and he had talent but it's hard to to play for the lakers i mean it's, it's just hard. not for everybody right it's just not for everybody and that's okay you know speaking of your lakers i mean we have to ask you about going into the season and i'm not it's on record i wrote this two months ago that you guys had a great off season so it's not like i'm sucking up to you right now you guys had i thought a terrific off season you know, adding Gabe Vincent, but more importantly, keeping Reeves and Hachimura and Russell at the the and the number you kept them all is phenomenal work by Rob Palinka and company. So I just wonder, like, you've had some rough off seasons and you've had a couple of really good ones, I think, in a row. And do, does it feel aligned now? Does everything feel more in alignment? Yeah, I mean, you know, it the the, the last season started off really tough. You know, we yeah, had a right. brand new coach. We were two and 10 or two and 11, I think. And, you know, it, it, it was, I was like, I'm not going to survive this. This is going to be really rough if this is what our season's going to be. And I was getting death threats. Um, it was, it was not fun. We had a little bit of a bright spot when, um, you know, watching LeBron break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record, um, which, you know, I was there when, when Kareem set that record and I'll never forget Chick Hearn saying, this is a record that will never be broken. And the idea that it was broken in my lifetime by another person wearing a Laker uniform meant the world to me, but it really was a testament to LeBron and his longevity in this league and his resiliency um, that he's, you know, that he performs at such a high level year after year, Um, you know, and so, yes, there was, you know, once the trade debt, we were close to the trade deadline and the moves that were made, you know, um, it, it was, uh, you know, LeBron was nursing a, an injury right. and, uh, you know, had been kind of shut down. Um, and then the team, something just clicked with the team and Anthony Davis being healthy. There, There's an argument to be made that he was the best player in the NBA when he was playing at that level. Um, and, you know, we, we got a, a chance to be in the play in and, um, you know, then LeBron comes back <laughs> and it was, it was a lot of fun to, to beat the defending champion 
Golden right. Warriors. <laughs> but um, I'm not early yeah. off season. <laughs> but you know, what's and, good for me? That's what sports writers <laughs> vacation time. All right, let's go. <laughs> and then, then um, you know, to I mean, we lose to Denver. You know, who ended up winning the championship and getting the Western Conference Finals and. You know, that was pretty good. And, um, you know, but the key, you know, our whole um, plan this offseason was to keep the continuity, to build on the momentum that had been created. And, yeah, we lost Dennis Schroeder, who, um, you know, I think Darvin Ham was really instrumental in him coming back to the Lakers because he'd already been a Laker and it didn't go well. And, you know, Darvin really believed in him. And I think that's really shown how he played at the uh, World Cup. Right, um, right. Yeah. And now he's a Toronto Raptor. But, you know, being able to pick up somebody like Gabe Vincent, um, right. Teron Prince, um, you know, and our draft picks. I mean, it's it's exciting, and it, and even like um, Max Christie, who who really shined at summer league, um, really kind of you know continuing to blossom. And of course, Austin Reeves um, has been a, a really great success story, considering he wasn't drafted and came to us as a free agent. Um, you know, so that there's a lot of, of good things to look for forward to the season, but you know what, like who's, who's not going to make the playoffs in the West. I mean, who do you eliminate everybody competitive in the, in our conference? So, you know, I mean, I think even Houston, you know, who, who has been at the the bottom, you know, they're kind of turning things around and yeah bringing in a new coach and, um, you know, some veterans to, you know, play with the young guys, you know, I mean, just, it's going to be really tough. (laughs) So we got our work cut out for us. How how often, I mean, obviously Lakers are just the the home of stars, right? Uh, You you always have a star. How often do you, do you plan that out? Do you, do you worry about who's going to be our next star or because, it's such a destination place, you know, you'll always have one. Like how in the moment is it? Or do you, do you kind of plot? Like is Austin Reese our next guy? Like, or how, where do we go next? Oh, like, you're talking about players or are you talking yeah, about yeah, like fans? Snow, no, no, star players. Well, yeah. maybe well, I'll ask you about fans after the, after you talk <laughs> about players. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think in the, you know, the NBA, you know, the guys are, you know, the players are compensated. It's a, a very healthy collective bargaining agreement where we basically split 50-50 with the player. So there's a lot of money that they can make. But to me, the most valuable thing in the NBA is playing time. And if you can find, um, you know, your playing time on the Lakers, the platform that it gives you um, can, you know, catapult you and your career and your, your value it, you know, in the U S but all over the world, you know, it's such a global brand and, um, you know, so, you know, yeah, they, you know, players compete for contracts, but I think the, the competition is really the playing time and the idea that, you know, 
the you know the resting policy that has been announced um you know I, it's it's really kind of um surprising to me that that players would want to ever sit out because right. when you sit out somebody else gets your playing time and if they take right. your playing time they're going to take your popularity or your you know like your exposure you want you want to right. hold on to your territory which is playing time so you know it's just um you know i think that um you know uh the lakers there's you know the lakers you know as we talked about um playing for the lakers isn't for everybody but the ones that can make it here, can make it anywhere to borrow the phrase from a popular song that, um, you know, if there's something about our fan base that, um, you know, brings out your best, you know, holds you accountable um, and, you know, you want to please and you want to work hard and they'll reward you. And, uh, you know, so there's always there's always a star in the making. I guess yeah. is my answer to your question. You have you, you in New York have the, the, you know, unique issue of celebrity fans. But the difference, the I issue. think, is that <laughs> most of I shouldn't say most many of the Knicks celebrities are people that actually own those tickets. They actually bought those tickets years ago and have moved their way down and they're their tickets. And so that. You have to deal with so many sycophants and just, just B-list celebrities that insist that they should be courtside. And I know there's a whole team of people that handle this for you, but I'm sure that people come up to you that have no business with given their real their level of celebrity coming up to you and saying, I need four tickets for, you know, for the Bulls yeah. game or the for when the Heat come back. Or, yeah, Steph. for Steph Curry and them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Warriors are here. I need 12. And how do you good-naturedly tell them to shove off? How do you do or, that? Or not good-naturedly? <laughs> or not good-naturedly. No, I mean, you the too small signal to say it's too, too little? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like uh, you know, I mean, Jack Nicholson, He's been a fan Those since. Are, no, he's legit. He's been so there he, forever. He, yes. Yeah. So, like, he's you know, he he deserves. Diane Cannon's been there forever. Yes. yes. She right? gets her ticket, yes. right? Yes. And so, you know, but I mean, we've had where you have like second or third tier celebrities, kind of, you know, trying to throw their weight around, and you know, uh, we had one guy send us pictures and it would, it would be like him and Sylvester Stallone and him and, you know, Diana Ross. And you're like, wait, I recognize Sylvester Stallone and Diana Ross, but I don't <laughs> but recognize you? you. Like that doesn't mean like, you don't like their celebrity doesn't brush off on you. And then you get tickets because you took a picture with them. And, All right. I won't send it again. Sorry. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, I mean, and I, you know, it's, there's always new celebrities coming in and, you know, I, I didn't know the, the uh, musical artist, her was such a good, a big fa basketball fan. I mean, yeah. she, 
not only is she a fan of the game, but I mean, she plays the game. Like she oh, loves yeah. basketball, you know, just like, I, I had no idea. I love her music and, you know, here she is a basketball fan. So, you know, they just, they, they just keep coming. It's and Halsey was a big fan for a while. Then she had a baby and we haven't right. seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Given oh given the history of like Lakers Celtics, I'm curious. Uh, you know, obviously the Celtics aren't exactly the Celtics like in a day. Who who are who are some other teams that or some other players that when they come to town, you're like, I really I really want to beat you. I really don't. <laughs> oh, you mean the 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 opponents? Like, yeah, like yeah, they, that that's a complicated thing because you know you, I don't want to ever be accused of tampering or oh yeah yeah, yeah. good point right good point, good right, point. right so right, like point. you have yeah, to be point. really careful but like there's always like you know i i met buddy healed you know way before he ever you know was drafted and you know so right. he's somebody that i you know have you know, when I see him at a game, I, you know, say hello to him. And like the league understands that like existing relationships or, you know, right. um, my um, little brother, Jesse, my younger brother, not little, like my younger brother, Jesse um, uh, got married a few weeks ago and Julius Randall was at the wedding. And so it was great to see Julius Randall there. And, and uh, you know, there's just some players you, you know, that, are going to be part of your life, you know, and your story and the Lakers story. And, you know, we, we always stay close to those people. Yeah. I just wanted her to say, I want to beat Jokic. <laughs> I just want to beat Jokic. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll get their chance. They'll get their chance. Look, I don't want to keep you, Gina. I know you got a million things to do, but I do want to ask you, you've got the Riley thing down pat, which is winning and misery. That's, <laughs> Got that down. That is a thing out there with you guys. And it's a it's a hard way to live your life. It's just it's very difficult to not enjoy when you do win it all to have more of a sense of relief than, you know, rapture or ecstasy. And I just and that's hey, I get it. You rather it's harder. It hurts more to lose than it's exciting to win. I get that on on the professional level. But isn't it? Isn't that a hard way to kind of go through your professional life? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I kind of learned, you know, my dad was very much like Riley, where it was, if if the Lakers lost, it was a tough off season. You know, yeah. you couldn't wait till the next season to like have another chance at it. Then in, you know, my 15 year relationship with Phil Jackson, you know, he showed me, you know, like about balance and that, right. you know, like you can't, you, you know, you can't let that affect your life. Like, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't find a more competitive person than Phil Jackson, but, yeah. you know, you had to always put things in the right perspective so that it wouldn't tax you so much that, you know, when you, you know, I mean, well, who am I kidding? He was he was miserable after we lost to the Celtics in 2008. That that was a tough offseason. And, you know, Kobe got to go right to the Olympics and, you know, 
yeah. out his frustrations on Spain <laughs> and beat him for the gold medal. Right. And, you know, like, and, you know, people know that story that, that Kobe knew he needed Pow to, to really, you know, get him in the right frame of mind yeah. in order to, to get back to the, the finals and and uh he hung his gold medal in Powell's locker <laughs> to start the season and the that's right, you know, beating Orlando for the championship and then of course in the rematch with Boston in 2010 and and having that vindication. Well, I hope it's you in Boston again, because there's nothing better than that. There just isn't. There's nothing better in sports than Lakers Celtics. It's the, uh, it's the uh, capital. I don't know. Le- LeBron v. Steph is pretty good. LeBron v. Steph is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty. No, don't get me wrong. That was terrific. But Lakers Celtics is just a different deal. Is, <laughs> a different well, you can't like right now. It's like LeBron and Steph. You, you can't have them in the finals. We're both. Right. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. But, like, yeah. The, if you think about it, Celtics, Lakers, we're both at 17. And yeah. whoever, if if we do play them, you know, whoever wins would be yeah. number 18. So, you know, that was, you know, when my dad bought the team in 1979, that was his goal was to make the Lakers, you know, be able to, you know, hold, you know, their place against the Celtics. And, yeah. you know, that's, you know, and, so oh, hold on. So so you were rooting for the Warriors in the 2022 finals? Oh, you know, I no, I you know what? I just enjoyed the that I enjoyed that finals. How's that? Like, there, it, you know, it, like, like I, there was no pressure on me. <laughs> right, right. I just right. enjoy the like twists and turns that series took. Right. Okay. I was wondering if you wanted them to not get 18, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. That's that's what we call between a rock and a hard. <laughs> well, I I could talk to you forever about being an incredible role model icon. You you've you know what you've done in in your space is we just haven't seen too Second many people. To none. Second, yeah, to none. you know what I mean. Like I'm serious. This is not blowing smoke. Like you've you have created something amazing, um, and continue to recreate it and build on it and make it better and bring it modern and all those things that are very difficult to do in a very competitive league. And you should be, you should be very proud of the work that you've done over the decades with, with your father's franchise and with your franchise. Now this is your, your franchise. So, and I would like to add that throughout my Oh, four is when I started. What is that? Almost 20 years, 20 year career. I always appreciate how much you respect will be due Yes. How available yes. you are, right? And ridiculously so. Like I I've <laughs> always appreciated that. Like you want somebody who's important who don't think we're maggots. Right. <laughs> like it matters a lot. I appreciate it. I do. I respect what you guys do and we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the coverage and the conversation and the debate. You know, it just it, it it invigorates the fans. So I appreciate it. Maybe I don't agree with it all the time, but <laughs> neither do we actually. Neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah. We could have a long discussion about that. Oh man. Yes. <laughs> but Jeannie, thank you. Good luck to you this season. Uh we'll be out there. We'll be uh 
covering and running into you, I'm sure, as you make your rounds. Your feet, your feet have to hurt at the end of a game because you are you are of the people. You are not hiding in a box somewhere. <laughs> you are out there. I love Laker fans. I really do. So, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely let's uh, connect. And I'd love to say hi. And I'll take you into the patio, which is our special, Ooh, our new one. special area. Marcus, we got an invite to the patio. Yeah, we got to go to the patio. Let's go. I'm, I'm patio life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all leave that five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get this fine American podcast. Marcus, 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 if they can't leave five stars, what should they do? Keep it to yourself, you haters. haters. We'll make you be Boston Celtics fans. Exactly. Or we'll put you at the top of the... I can't call it. Uh, what, I can't. What is it now? I'm sorry. What's your building the patio? Now? Oh yeah, <laughs> no. crypto.com, baby. I, uh, there you go, crypto.com. I'm sorry. It's always going to be. Not even a nice I, name. Crypto. Not I will put you at the top of crypto.com. <laughs> We're out. <laughs>